Amen. Uh, like Todd said, I'm Grant, uh, one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel. Excited to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, excited for this opportunity. Thankful for this opportunity. Also thankful for our pastoral team. Um, I've gotten to work with some of these guys for many, many years. Um, also get to work alongside uh, some of your beautiful faces for many, many years. Uh, thankful for that. Thankful for our pastoral team, who I believe uh, God has gifted each one of them. Uh, I love getting to work alongside these guys and see them use their gifting, uh, see them serve you guys, and also see you guys uh, serve one another. And so thankful uh, to be here and thankful for our pastors. As Todd said, school starts tomorrow, prob probably one of the longest spring breaks ever. Uh, so a lot of you guys are going to finally be able to, uh, to get back to school, get back to somewhat of normalcy. Um, and so normally on Sunday mornings, uh, because of my main ministry focus here at Holland Chapel is media, a lot of times I'm up there in the balcony. Um, and so if you guys at any point over the last five months since March, I believe it's March 15th, if, if you guys have at any point watched a service online, would you just turn up there to the balcony and give those guys a hand this time just to say thank you. Even if you're online, be sure to give them a hand right now. Um, I can hear some of you guys clapping from home right now, um, but seriously, we are so thankful for this team. We have a great uh, group of individuals that serve on lights, that serve on sound, that serve on video, uh, that serve with our live stream, that make everything happen, and I'm thankful to, to, that they let me uh, work with them. We have a group of talented, talented people, and I'm very thankful for all that they do, so great job, guys. Appreciate y'all. Uh, make me look good online today. Um, uh, one cool thing just to take note of is uh, behind me uh, upstairs uh, in a room is a, a membership class taking place. And there's about 20 individuals who have signed up that say they want to be all in at Holland Chapel. And so they are taking part in that right now. Uh, so cool to see them. Some of them have been waiting a few months. They signed up in January and February, and they've been waiting all this out uh, for this membership class. So, so cool. And that is taking place uh, today. So I'm here before you this morning to say that I believe the Bible. I believe it to be truth. And so here's a logical, intellectual statement uh, that I agree with, that I've liked. Uh, it comes from a guy named Vody Bauckham. Vody Bauckham uh, answered this question as to why he believes the Bible. It's going to be on the screen. Uh, feel free to read along with me. He says, the Bible is a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events that took place in the fulfillment of specific prophecies and claimed that their writings are divine rather than human in origin. It goes on to say that the Bible is made up of 66 different books written on three continents in three languages by more than 40 authors, most of whom never met one another because they wrote over a period of about 1,500 years. The accuracy of historical events presented in the Bible is supported by the findings of more than 23,000 archaeological digs. I believe the Bible. I believe it to be truth. So as we go through our series of uh, uh, If I'm Being Honest, uh, we've looked at Psalms chapter 1. Uh, we've looked at Psalms chapter 23, chapters 42, and last week we looked at Psalms chapter 73. Uh, and today, uh, excited to share with you guys Psalms chapter 90. Uh, and a few things to remember about the Psalms. These are honest struggles with real people. Honest struggles with real people. Um, and so the Psalms show us how to accept trials and turn them into triumphs, and that when we do fail, how to repent and how to receive God's grace. The Psalms are resourceful um, in helping you express what's on your heart 
that your heart may not know how to express. I encourage you guys to read them, sing them, uh, use them to guide your prayers. The early church prayed uh, in the Psalms. Uh, they, they prayed Psalms in Acts chapter 4. Jesus prayed Psalms 31 verse 5 while he was up on the cross. Pick up the Psalms. Use them. Let them help you express your heart, express what you're going through. Uh, so Psalms 90. Psalms 90 was the first psalm to be written, uh, making it the oldest uh, psalm in the book of Psalms. And it was written by Moses. It's the only psalm that was written by Moses and likely written during the time when they were in the wilderness. Um, so who was Moses? Real quick update on Moses. Uh, his stories in the Old Testament. You'll see uh, uh, stories about him found in the book of Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers, which he was the author of, along with the book of Genesis. Uh, Moses crossed the Red Sea. He didn't build the ark. That was another guy. Uh, Moses is the star. He played the star role in the movie The Ten Commandments. Some of you guys may have seen that. Um, I think it was recently played on ABC during Easter this past year. Um, he tried getting people to use tablets long before Apple did. Ha, 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 come on. Okay. <laughs> he led the Israelites out of Egypt across the Red Sea and through the, the wilderness. Uh, but let's look at what the Bible says, how the Bible describes Moses. The Bible describes Moses, it calls him a man of God, a man of God. You see that in Joshua chapter 14, Ezra chapter 3, and Deuteronomy chapter 33. Moses was mighty in his words and in his deeds, according to Acts chapter 7, and he's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, which is commonly referred to as the Hall of Faith. It's a chapter that lists heroes of our faith, church. Um, so I encourage you guys to go and check that out in Hebrews chapter 11, and Moses is listed as one of those. But life was not easy for Moses. But, we're, but despite that, he still triumphed. In this psalm, he shares his heart. He's honest with us. He shares his wisdom in this psalm. So life has troubles, but it is so, so precious. Even in the midst of troubles, God reigns, and he is our refuge in this life that passes ever so quickly. In church, may we long for joy. May we long for joy. If you will turn with me to Psalms chapter 90, we'll begin by looking at verses 1 and 2. Psalms chapter 90, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1 says, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. Um, so Moses lived um, around 120 years. It says he lived in Egypt, then he lived in Midian, and then he spent around 40 years leading a nation that was complaining, arguing, uh, fighting, rebelling against God. Uh, he led this nation through the wilderness. And so I can almost imagine uh, Moses like leading the people through the wilderness and somebody asking, hey, are we there yet? I mean, you think a long car ride is bad? Could you imagine about 40 years in the wilderness leading this nation who complains, argues, gripes, fights, uh, disobeys God, just the problems they had? Uh, Nick last week talked about car rides in, in his message last week. Um, what about uh, the alphabet game? Have you guys ever played the alphabet game before? given their alphabet would have been the Hebrew alphabet. Um, but what about 40 years' worth of it? Uh, how about the I Spy game? Any of you guys ever done that on a car ride, long car trip? 
Um, the people may have said, hey, I, I spy some rocks. Uh, I spy Mount Sinai. In Numbers 21, they would have even spotted some snakes. Uh, didn't end well for some of them. Uh, and Moses is like, you know what? I spy a lot of sin. I spy a lot of disobedience. Mm-hmm. And so Moses is like trying to get in the word of God. They're not obeying it. But through all of this, Moses says God has been their home. God has been their home. And so it brings us to our first point that I'm going to share with you guys uh, from Psalms chapter 90. And that is to abide in God. To abide in God. Uh, In verse uh, 1, your version may say dwelling place, how Moses abides in God. Moses abides in God. Read with me. Uh, It'll be up on the screen. 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Uh, In the dictionary, you'll see that um, to abide means to continue in a place. To continue in a place. Uh, ask some of our senior adults about what uh, abiding means. Ask some of those who have been in uh, social distancing, who have been in quarantine, what abide means. It means to continue in a place. A lot of you have been having to do that. A lot of you have been having to stay at home, be confined in a place. Continue in a place. Uh, check out this photo you may be able to relate to. Uh, I hope the weather is good tomorrow for my trip to Puerto Backyarda. I'm getting tired of lost living room. Uh, so a lot of us, we've been having to stay in one place. Uh, Check this out. The record for continuously standing motionless, continuously standing motionless, is 35 hours and 22 minutes. 35 hours and 22 minutes. Uh, It was done by a guy, I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, Akshinthala Seshu Babu of India, took place in 2015. This guy stood still motionless for 35 hours and 22 minutes. Like, I'm doing pretty good to get my kids to stay still for like 60 seconds, okay? So this guy stood still for 35 hours. Here are the rules. No sitting is allowed. No facial movements are allowed other than the involuntary blinking of the eyes. That's all he could do. Deep breathing is permitted, provided it does not involve observable movement, uh, taking, uh, no, being notably greater than a normal breathing. And no rest breaks were allowed at any point during the event. Uh, Side note, though, Babu attempted 37 hours in 2015, but it was cut short by an insect bite. So there you go. Poor Babu. You hate to see it. Um, So to abide means to continue in a place. And who better than Moses could marvel at finding a home in God throughout generations of homelessness. Anybody here like moving? Get this. So in Numbers 33, it names 42, 42 different places that Israel camped during their journey. 42. But no matter where Moses lived, God was always their home. God was always their home. Verse 1 says, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Moses knew how to abide in the Lord, and we should too. Uh, Let's keep reading Psalms chapter 90, and we'll look at verses 4 and verse 12. Verse 4 says, For you, a thousand years 
are as a passing day, as brief as a few night hours. Jump down to verse 12. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. So verse 4 is probably one of the most quoted uh, verses from Psalms chapter 90. It's used a lot in helping us like uh, understand God's timing and helping us uh, understand that. Um, a lot of times you hear um, a thousand years are to a day in God's timing. Um, and so when you guys hear, hear your wife say, hey, hey, I need one more minute, you can ask her, hey, is that one more minute our time or one minute the God of all creation's time? And then you quickly follow that up with, because either way, honey, you look beautiful. So verse 4 being one of those probably more quoted from Psalms chapter 90. Uh, James 4.14 says, How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. Job 9.26 says, My life passes more swiftly than a runner. And how time flies. Like you get back from a vacation and you're like, Man, I wish that would have been another week. Like, it goes by so quickly. What about when a child or a grandchild starts kindergarten? Some of you guys are facing that this week. Like, how do they get to be so old? How do they grow up so fast? Some of you guys have a senior starting high school. Some of you guys have a senior starting in college. Like, how did it take place so fast? Where did this time go? What about when you have a birthday, when you turn 50, or when you turn 100? Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Miss Dean White turned 100 years old, and there was a drive-by birthday party for her. Uh, Miss Doris Van Pelt will turn 102 on September 4th. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my friend Donald Davis, uh, he said when he turned 90 years old, uh, he said, it seemed like I would never turn 18, but once I did, time flew by from 18 to 90. It just flies by. I uh, love you, Brother Donald, and your wisdom. Um, the great theologian, Trace Atkins, said, you're going to miss this. You're going to want this back. You're going to wish these days hadn't gone by so fast. These are some good times, so take a good look around. You may not know it now, but you're going to miss this. You know, I never met somebody who said, look back at the end of their life and said, you know what? I wish it just would have gone by so much faster. Like, I just wish it would have just blown by. I've never met that person. I've never met somebody who said that. We have to make our lives count for eternity. Count your days. Count your days, church. Realize the brevity of life. And point number two here is that we must count our days. Uh, Charles Spurgeon shared some of his wisdom. He said, we are more anxious to count the stars than our days, and yet the latter is by far more practical, by far more practical. Count your days. And look, so Moses didn't write this to depress them, uh, and he's not writing this to depress us, because it, it can get sad and when you look back at all the time, like where it went, but it's just a reminder that time is precious. Look at verse 12, what Moses writes. Teach us to realize the brevity of life, so that what? So that we may grow in wisdom. So that we may grow in wisdom. Abide in God and count your days. Uh, keep reading with me verse 13 through 17 in chapter 90. Uh, verse 13 says, O Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants. 
Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see your work again. Let our children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. So a prayer begins here in Psalms chapter 90 from Moses. It takes place from verse 12 uh, to verse 17. Uh, Moses is asking these things for the people of Israel. He's he's, uh, calling upon God to answer these things. Uh, They're waiting on God to work among them. Moses is asking God to work among the people of Israel and bring an end to this wandering in the Uh, to this wandering in the desert, bringing in to their misery. You see, verse 15 says, give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. A few things that he's asking for here, he says, satisfy us. Give us a reason to sing songs of joy. Bring us gladness. On the counter, you see former misery. He also says, replace the evil years with good. And so what was their formal misery? Uh, They were slaves in Egypt trying to escape the Pharaoh. Wandering in the desert, not having a home. He lived in 42 different places. And this is a prayer of Moses. He's just being honest with God. He wants better times. He longs for better times. He wants the people of Israel to have these better times. And how many of you guys have been there before? You long for better times. How many of you guys are there right now? Just to be honest. And it's okay to long for better times, to want those better times. Psalms 90, verse 14, I'll read that again. It says, satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. So we may sing for joy. Um, Charles and Mary says, nature seems to be ever calling to man with a thousand voices to be glad and rejoice. And yet his response is unsatisfied, discontented, and miserable. I thought of a good uh, illustration here, something that may go along with like a sports team. Like, you know, we could probably think of a lot of sports teams that have had their droughts, that have gone through some tough times, they're just waiting on, you know, good times to happen. But Moses isn't talking about a sports team. Moses is talking about people. He's talking about the things that people are really going through, the tough times. He's talking about evil days, misery. And he longs for gladness. He longs for joy. Um, And just one thing to take note is just we're not talking about happiness. Happiness depends on what happens. Joy depends on the Lord. It's okay to want good times. It's okay to want to be happy. But when you seek happiness, you will be a prisoner of circumstances. A prisoner of circumstances if you seek out happiness. It can only meet surface needs. Adrian Rogers puts it like this. He says, happiness is like a thermometer. It registers conditions. Joy is like a thermostat that controls conditions. Well, how can I have joy? Grant, I mean, how do I get this? How can I have joy? Um, Short answer real quick, and we'll go a little uh, little bit deeper after this. Joy in your life, joy in your life, is the manifestation of the presence of Jesus. Well, thanks for using the word manifestation. Um, Joy in your life is the showing up, so to speak, the showing up of the presence of Jesus in your life. If you will turn with me to John chapter 15, we'll look at verses 5, 9, 10, and 11. John chapter 15, and we'll see 
what this says about how we can have joy, how we can have this. John chapter 15, verses 5. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Okay, so abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. The branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. We see that word abide starting to take, take place here. Verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Jesus speaking here says, abide in my love. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Not like half full, half empty, partial. You get a little bit of taste of it and stuff. It's, he's saying like so that your joy may be full. Remember back in verse 1 when Moses talked about dwelling place. He talked about dwelling place and how Moses abides in God. We read in 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him. And so we see this for in order for us to abide in God, to make God our home, we have to keep his commandments. We also see this here in order to have joy. And for our joy to be full, we must also do what? Keep his commandments commandments. True joy comes from keeping his commandments. The presence of Jesus showing up in your life by abiding in him. By abiding in him. We see the book of Psalms open up this way. This book that we're going through in the series of, uh, if I'm being honest, Psalms chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 opens up with this. It says, study the word of God. It says, blessed is the man who meditates on uh, the law of day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. This book, the book of Psalms is saying, follow God's commands. Meditate on the law of God. True joy comes from keeping his commandments. The presence of Jesus showing up in your life. You do that by abiding in him. But Please understand, as we talk about this joy, as we can sit here and say, yeah, I'm going through some tough times. I'm going through some hard times. I long for that joy. I need to work personally on myself of following the commandments of God and letting the presence of Jesus show up in my, show up in my life. But joy here is a taste of the joy to come. Joy here is a taste of the joy to come. And so when we rejoice now, especially in suffering, when we rejoice now, we do so knowing that greater rejoicing will come when Jesus returns. That greater rejoicing will come, church, when Jesus comes. Oh, Nick talked about it last week in Psalms chapter 73. Asaph uh, called it a glorious destiny. A glorious destiny. Our joy comes from Jesus. Long for joy. By all means, long for it. Pray for it. Ask for it. And also long for Jesus. Life has troubles, but it is so, so precious. Even in the midst of troubles, God reigns, and he is our refuge in this life that passes ever so quickly. Church, may we long for joy. Uh, it is worth noting in this prayer that Moses prayed in verses 12 through 17 that it was answered. 
He prayed for gladness. He prayed to satisfy us. He prayed to give us songs of joy um, in proportion to our former days, to the misery, to the evil days. That prayer was answered. Moses had passed before he actually got to see it, though. But he still prayed and longed for these things. I mentioned earlier in, in the Hall of Faith, um, it's called that because God reminds us of the heroes of our faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26, where it speaks of Moses, he, being Moses, thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. He was looking ahead to his great reward. Life is difficult, but God wants us to abide in him during those times. Life is hard, but God wants us to count our days and grow in wisdom. Life is tough. Sometimes it's just not fair. But may we long for joy. We can still long for joy during those days. Abide in God, count your days, and long for joy, church. What we see here in Psalms chapter 90, encourage you guys to do just that. Abide in God, count your days, and long for joy. Um, so this morning, uh, we did uh, something a little bit different. Normally we do four or five songs up front and then the message. And so this morning we're actually kind of doing like in the middle, uh, bands uh, getting ready. And so what we're doing is we're going to do two more songs here in a minute. Um, so we're going to be able to sing uh, these songs to close out. And we want you to respond. Uh, Moses prayed that we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. He prayed for that. He prayed for that for the people of Israel, that they would be satisfied with the unfailing love of God so that they may sing for joy. Uh, one way we can all respond this morning together is to sing for joy together. we got two more songs to finish out, and let's long for joy. Let's sing for joy, church. Uh, once we get done with that, Todd's going to come up and, and invite you guys and give you guys a few ways to respond as well, and he'll share that with you guys. But wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, uh, I want to encourage you, abide in God and his word. Abide in his commandments. Count your days, number your days. And let's long for joy. We have a chance to stand up and sing this morning. We're going to invite you guys to do that. Father, we come before you this morning, God. Thankful for how you used Moses, a hero of our faith. And how we see the times he went through, the difficult times he went through, God. But yet he still abided in your word, kept your commandments, was wise in counting his days, Father. Longed for joy. There's people in this room, God, that may not know you, that may know you, but are just longing for that joy, longing for that fulfillment, God. And we pray and use Moses' example, God, of just being honest with you. And we long for that, God. Give us a reason to sing for joy, and may we do that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.